0: I'm sure most of us understand the importance of our physical heart and how important it is to the rest of our bodies. And we understand that there is some seriousness when something happens and that we really need to take care of that problem. But as Christians, our spiritual heart is important to our lives as well. And when it is diseased, it needs to be viewed serious as well. If you will, please turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5, verses 8. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. All the scriptures I'll be using tonight are from the New American Standard Version of the Bible. So Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. It reads, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So we see this idea of a pure heart, and you shall see God. So we understand that we need a pure heart. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, we read, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So we also see this idea of where our heart is. That Where our heart is, that's where we're going to work for it. If our heart's wanting something, we're really going to try hard to obtain it. And also, if you will turn to Mark chapter 7, and I'm going to read verses 20 through 23. And thank you, Britt, for reading that. But this is going to be the text that's sort of where we find our focus for the study tonight. And in verse 20, it starts out and says, As he was saying, that which proceeds out of the man... That is what defiles the man. For from within, out of the heart of man, proceeds evil thoughts, fornication, thefts, murders, adultery, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evil things proceed from within and defile a man. Notice verse 21. With the idea of that out of our out of the heart of man proceeds the evil thoughts. So these things have to start somewhere. So tonight for a few minutes I want to talk about diseases of the heart that will affect our lives as Christians. It's great to see everybody out tonight, and I hope that you will pay attention to the things said and that they will be beneficial. Also, if you have any questions about the Scripture references or anything said tonight, um, please ask them. I will try to find an answer for you, and if I cannot, I will research it and get back to you. i also like to welcome those who are visiting. And some of you have come, especially because you knew that I was preaching, and I appreciate that. That is a big encouragement. And it's very uplifting to see how and to see the bond of Christian brothers and sisters, so the first point I want to talk about in the diseases of the heart is the idea of discontentment or the idea of not being happy. This is a point that at first glance it doesn't really seem like a big its not, doesn't seem like a big deal, but as we know. When we are unhappy and we feel miserable, we start looking for happiness in other things. The scriptures clearly talk about the idea of being content and happy with what we have. <clears throat> if you would please turn to Philippians chapter 4 verse 11. Philippians chapter 4 verse 11. And it reads, "Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstance I am. If there was ever any person who suffered a lot of persecution, it was the Apostle Paul. We know he dedicated his life to serving God and spreading the news about Jesus and the resurrection. He suffered many things, beatings, torture, but he stayed true to the end And the idea from him, when he didn't always have the best situations, he said, I have learned to be content in whatever circumstance I am. Surely that's a quality that we need to obtain as well to make our Christian lives pleasing. In 1 Timothy 6, verse 8. 1 Timothy 6, verse 8. And if we have food and covering, with these we shall be content. In our culture today, we are way past the idea of these natural conveniences. For instance, we're in a building that is full of air conditioning. And many of us are thankful for that. And that's luxuries that many people have not had over the years. So this idea, I mean, it's easy for us to struggle with this concept of being contentment today with all these new technologies, new advances in certain things. We don't always become content with the very basic necessities of life. And surely we need to keep that in mind as well. In Hebrews 13, verse 5, Again, Hebrews 13, verse 5, it reads, Let your character be free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For He Himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. I was talking about our culture earlier. And there is a concept that has overtaken this culture. is an idea of keeping up and having what everybody else has. If somebody else has something, we want it. This is is the age where, where we want it, we go after it. And unfortunately, that has crept into the lives of Christians everywhere. And it has led us to forsake this idea of our worship and service to God. And and it is a sad thing, but it is something that we need to be aware of, that this idea of discontentment can affect our service and relationship with God. So the next point I want to talk about is the idea of selfishness. And this is a human characteristic that we, we see very early in life. Many of the new mothers here know the idea of this selfishness. A baby wants what it wants. If they don't get it, they make a fuss about it. They want it. And of course, and unfortunately, Christians need to be on guard about this as well. We want we like looking at what's in it for us. and we do need to be careful about this. <clears throat> in Philippians chapter two, verse three. Again, that's Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. <clears throat> it reads, Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, let each of you regard one another as more important than himself. We see this idea of do nothing out of selfishness, And and then toward the end, we see this idea of regarding one another as more important than himself. This concept and this idea requires work. It also requires sacrifice. It's something we have to work at. It doesn't just happen overnight. If you think back in your lives, when when you have seen somebody that it's evident that somebody has helped you when it was not convenient for them, it changes your life. It makes you think about your relationship with other people and with and with your Christian with your brothers and sisters. And it and it's 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 a big deal. You think about it every day and surely this idea of selfishness is not. A good idea. James chapter 3, verses 13 through 16. Again, that's James chapter 3, verses 13 through 16. And we'll refer again to this verse later on in the lesson. But it says Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambitions exist, there is disorder in every evil thing. And if we notice verse 16 in particularly, about this idea of jealousy and selfish ambitions when they exist, and that there is disorder in every evil thing. And if we look at most of the struggles in our life today, surely we can see that some, most of them are because of the idea of selfishness. It's not in my best interest. And it's something that we we as a culture... And we as Christians need to watch out for. And we need to be thinking about others and putting others before ourselves. In Proverbs chapter 23, verses 6 and 7, again, Proverbs 23, verses 6 and 7, many things were written in Proverbs, Psalms, Song of Solomon, Ecclesiastes, all those different books, they are still considered a great wisdom source. And what? And starting in verse 6, it says, Do not eat the bread of, of selfish men, or desire his delicacies. For as he thinks within himself, so is he. He says to you, eat, drink, but his heart is not with you. So with this concept of selfishness, we, we, know, we see how it can affect our heart. It'll, it can affect our Christian lives and it makes it harder to deal with the situations that come up on a daily basis when selfishness is in our life. The next point I'd like to talk about tonight is the idea of pride. And this is a quality we like to deny that we have in our heart. But as human beings, we do have this idea of pride. If you look at Proverbs chapter 16, verses 18 and 19, this scripture is very known when talking about pride. Again, that's Proverbs 16, verses 18 and 19. It reads, Pride goes before destruction, and a haughty spirit before stumbling. It is better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. In Mark chapter 7, verse 22, deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. And we see this idea of pride there but if we take a and if we take a look at verse 23 the next passage the next verse it says all these evil things proceed from within and defile a man so we see this concept of pride and we see this idea that it will defile a man so surely pride is a serious thing And it's something that we need to be on guard about. It makes us hard and unreachable in some cases. James chapter 4, verses 5 and 7. James chapter 4, verses 5 through 7. Or do you think that the scripture speaks on purpose? He jealously desires the Spirit which He has made to dwell in us. But He gives a greater grace. Therefore it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. In verse 16, we see this idea of God is opposed to the proud. And He gives grace to those who are humble, And have this idea of being lowly and not thinking too much of themselves. So, this idea, so we see that this idea of pride, it, it it can make us defensive, unfortunately. And pride, unfortunately, can also cause us to be blind to our own faults and cause us to not want to hear when our brothers and sisters are trying to help us in some situation. It's it's like a blockade that we put up, unfortunately. And we need to be on guard about this idea of pride. The, The next thing that can affect the heart is this idea of envy. And envy is a word that we don't use too often. And... The definition is painful or resentful awareness of an advantage enjoyed by another joined with a desire to possess the same advantage. So, when I read that definition, I swear to get that it's an idea of jealousy and resentment sort of combined together. And we also can see that the root of this, of envy, Is the idea of selfishness. Let's look at Galatians chapter 5, verses 24 through 26. Again, that's Galatians 5, verse 24 through 26. It reads Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passion and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another, envying one another. And in this case, it's talking about envying one another in a, in our, as our, with our brothers and sisters. And unfortunately, that is a sad thing when we think of the concept of Envy. And too many times, we're we It makes us upset when we see something good happen in other people's lives. That's what envy is. When something good is happening to this not other with, for this other individual, we're not we're not happy for them. We're not complete, We we're not rejoicing when they rejoice. And it surely will affect our relationship with our brothers and sisters. But Proverbs chapter 23, verse 17 is another passage that talks about envy. Proverbs chapter 23, verse 17. It says, Do not let your heart envy sinners, but live in the fear of the Lord always. We understand the concept of not envying our brothers as we had just read, but we also should not envy sinners as well. But unfortunately, we do. When we see that in life, that people who we know are not living a godly life and, and do many wicked things, we, we, we struggle with this concept when we see all the good that's happening in their lives. And then we look at our lives and we see ourselves struggling. Just trying to make it through the tough days. Maybe make it through day to day. And sometimes we can envy their lives about the matter of success that they've gained here on earth. But we need to remember that we have a hope in due to the resurrection of Jesus and not envy their lives because we have a greater hope that this world is not the end for us. So let's keep that in mind. Let's look at James chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. And we talked about envying being sort of a jealousy, resentment, selfishness combination. And if we look at verse 14, we see that here. But if you have bitter, jealousy, and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. So let's be mindful of envy. It is a dangerous thing that affects our heart. And surely we do not need it in our lives. The next point I'd like to talk tonight is about this idea of hate. And hate is hatred or hate. And it's something that we have to watch, especially due to the fact that hate does not happen overnight. It's these little things that build up in us that make us want to go to that idea of hate. If you would, please turn to Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 and 44. Matthew 5, verses 43 and 44. You have heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I don't know about you, but verse 44 right here, it is a very hard thing to do. Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I'm sure many of us have a... Dealt with people in our lives that are like this. They're definitely not your friend, but hopefully we still want to try to help them. So let's, let's try to avoid this idea of hate. As we're going to talk about in just a minute, this idea of unforgiveness, it's, it, it, it it leads to this. When we when we have these grudges and we don't forgive like we should in dealing with people, that's it's going to lead us to hate when we're not. 1 John 3, verses 10 and 11. And I was sort of sweating it this morning when we were talking about the Sermon on the Mount, because we talked about some verses that were talking about the heart. I thought we were going to get all into my sermon tonight, but... Luckily, there, there was still a lot to talk about tonight and it didn't cover it too much. So, in 1 John 3, verses 10 and 11, it says, By this the children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother." For this is the message we have heard from the beginning that we should love one another. If we do not love our brother, we are not of God. This passage very clearly tells us that. And it goes very much along with the idea of 1 John chapter 4 verses 19 through 21. 1 John chapter 4 verses 19 twenty one, We love because He first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates His brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God who he has not seen. And this commandment we have from Him, that the one who loves God should love his brother, also notice in verse twenty, this idea if he says he loves God and hates his brother, he's a liar. And it asks a question and it says, How how can he love God if he loves his brother, if he does not love his brother, who he can see, and God who he cannot see? It, 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 it's, it's a scary thing when hate creeps into the church. And, and unfortunately, we have these strifes that can lead to hate. We're, this congregation here is made up of imperfect people trying to do their best. But when this idea of when these things build up, the idea of hate can reign if we're not careful it may start out as just a passing word about our brothers and sisters about something they're doing in their life. Then it may escalate to more. And unfortunately, it could possibly even lead to the idea of splitting the church over hate. And I pray that that would never happen. But hate, it it can be used in many dangerous ways. So the last point tonight, the lesson will be yours, is the idea of unforgiveness. Let's look at Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. Matthew chapter 6, verses 14 and 15. For if you forgive men of their transgressions your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. We see this idea of how important how important forgiveness is. If we want to be forgiven we must forgive others. In Colossians chapter 3 verses 12 and 13 Colossians chapter 3, verses 12 and 13. And so, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. In these next two passages, this passage and the next one, we're going to talk about, we're going to see the idea of how much we have been forgiving and how it should almost be second nature for us to forgive people who have wronged us. And we see this concept of forgive, forgiveness all throughout the New Testament. We have been forgiven for so much. If you look at your if you look at your lives like I do mine, we see the things we do and how often we're actually we, we fail and we need God's forgiveness. In Ephesians chapter four verses thirty one and thirty two Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving each other just as Christ also has forgiven you. It's an identical message to the one we just read. We have been forgiven by so much. So tonight we talk about this idea of these diseases that come into our heart. And, and sometimes in our lives, we're not going to be dealing with just one of these. We may be dealing with one, two, or maybe even all these things may build up on one another. And there's many more things that can affect the heart. For this is a few that I wanted, would like, I wanted to share with you tonight. This idea of discontentment, we need to be happy with what we have. Selfishness is never a good thing. It affects our relationship with God and our brothers and sisters. It's not good as well. This idea of pride makes it harder for us to be reachable and can affect our relationship with God and man as well. This idea of envy, we talked about how it's a sad thing when... It makes us upset when somebody is, when somebody is having a rejoicing time and how that just shows the lack of our humbleness and the lack of not, of self, selflessness. We also see this idea of hate and we talked about how it builds up over time. We also talked about this idea of unforgiving and this idea that if you want to be forgiving, you must forgive others as well. So, this lesson tonight, and I thank you for your attention, and that this lesson tonight has been for those who have obeyed the gospel already, who are Christians, who are brothers and sisters in Christ. But certainly, we would not want to leave tonight without showing you what you need to do to be saved. The steps are here in Romans 10, verse 17. Believe, Hebrews 11, verse 6. Repent, Luke 13, verse 3. Confess, Romans 10, verse 10. Be baptized, Acts 2, 38. And remain faithful, Revelation 2, verse 10. This idea of remaining faithful, it's not an easy thing. And unfortunately, due to our weakness of the our bodies, we don't always live up to God's expectations. And many times we need to turn to God and ask Him for forgiveness. If, if you have any questions about these steps that I've just talked about, please come and talk to me. We can study about them, and we can see what is the right way to live our lives and obey God. If we can help you in any way, please come while we stand and while we sing.